A lot of people are preparing to go away over the Christmas break. Some just going to get together with family, wherever that may be. And some going to places that are a little more exotic. Uh, I know we're going to be dog-sitting over Christmas break, and it's fine. We love our grand dogs, and it's the closest that I will probably get to be having a dog. Our one son and family, they're going on a Disney cruise out of someplace in Florida. And our oldest son there, their son is a, a junior in high school. And so they're trying to do all that they can together. And they're big Disney lovers. Uh, they, they lived in Orlando. will probably be back there. So they're trying to do as much as they can with, with their son before he's off to college and who knows what. And our second son and his family, they're going to some island off the coast of Texas. I know that doesn't sound real exotic, but uh, from what I've seen, it looks like a neat place. This place, they have a pool, which is not very large. Our daughter-in-law said it's about the size of an oversized uh, hot tub. But they were going to have to pay $100 a day to have that heated. Regardless to say... They will either bear the cold water or not use the pool. Um, but we're glad that they're able to do those things. They work hard, they're good stewards, and they deserve a break. I uh, wish we could all get together, maybe next year. But too many families have the chance to get together, but they don't. And they get together for weddings and funerals and maybe a graduation here and there. But, you know, that's that's about it. And life is too short to not put aside our differences and celebrate together. Because we never know when will be the last time we have that opportunity. And it doesn't have to be a special occasion like Christmas or Thanksgiving or weddings. It can be next Sunday. Oh yeah, next Sunday, that's a special occasion. Christmas Eve. Let's pray. Father, we just give you thanks that um, you put us together in families unlike any other animal, that, Lord, we, we know uh, who our relatives are and the needs that they have and uh, just how we can work together and be together with them. <coughs> Excuse me. And so, Father, we just pray that uh, families that maybe are struggling, uh, the Lord, you would bring them together. We know you can do that. And so, Father, we just uh, put it in your hands. And, Lord, as we look at your message today, Father, help us to, to see what it is you have for us. Maybe something new, maybe reminding us of something old. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, there's all kinds of songs that we hear at Christmas. Some are based on Scripture. Some have absolutely nothing to do with Christ's birth. Now, some of the old songs, uh, O Come, All Ye Faithful, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, Away in a Manger, you know, some of those are dating back to the ninth century. I think Silent Night, can't forget that one. And some of the newer ones, uh, Mary Did You Know is a great song. Um, but some of the others that really don't have anything to do with, with uh, Christ's birth, about uh, rocking around the Christmas tree, Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer, uh, Jingle Bell Rock, you know, one new song that 
I never really cared for, but as I've come to like more as I listen to the words, doesn't have a whole lot about real Christmas, or does it? It was written in 1941, and I guess that's debatable as to just exactly when and, and who wrote it, but it was released by the Trap Family Singers, yes, the Sound of Music people, uh, back in 1951. Uh, it's a song that I and we can learn from. It was originally called The Carol of the Drum, and now we know it as Little Drummer Boy. And it's been sung by many, many people, um, Bing Crosby and David Bowie, uh, Johnny Cash, Pentatonix uh, for King and Country, my favorite, um, Mercy Me, and many, many others. So I'm going to look at the, the lyrics and to see how they really do relate to the story of Christmas. Now, I'm going to leave out the Pahrumpa Pum Pums, okay, uh, because it's half of the song, but you'll get the gist. So it starts out, Come, they told me, a newborn king to see, our finest gifts we bring to lay before the king, so to honor him when we come. Little baby, I'm a poor boy too. I have no gift to bring that's fit to give our king. Shall I pray for you on my drum? Mary nodded. The ox and lamb kept time. I played my drum for him. I played my best for him. Then he smiled at me, me and my drum. Okay, I know the ox and lamb thing, that's kind of hard to accept. Uh, but with God, all things are possible. I guess you can have them keep in time. Uh, so let's look at some more of the words. It says, come they told me a newborn king to see. In Luke chapter 2, Verses 11 and 12, it says, Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Okay, that was the angel's message to the shepherds out in the fields in the middle of nowhere. Okay, the angel said, you're going to see a Savior, the Messiah, the Lord, a baby. A baby. Now, that was not what they had in mind, wasn't what they had been taught. And so these guys got to be thinking, you know, the the king, the Messiah, the Lord, it's going to be a baby. Man, it's, that just doesn't sound right. But what about it? So if an angel comes to you with that message, you're not going to question it. You're not going to say, uh, hang on a minute there, Mr. Angel. You know, I, I just have some questions. You know, this just, you know, is this right? You know, are you sure? I mean, maybe he's not a baby. He's got to be, you know, a king. He's got to be, you know, a rich, powerful person. You know, not, not a baby. But then a huge crowd of angels appear singing the same thing. And they say, man, we got to check this out. Okay. We got to find out if this is real or not. So once they heard that, they couldn't sit back down and say, okay, you know, let's finish cooking our dinner. You know, tell me that story you were going to tell me. No, whatever they were doing, that was done. Okay, it didn't matter. They needed to go and find out what this angel had said and whether or not it was true. Because 
the angel's message was life-changing. So it goes on in Luke 15, in the message, it tells it in the message's unique way. It says, as the angel choir withdrew into heaven, the shepherds talked it over. Let's get over to Bethlehem as fast as we can and see for ourselves what God has revealed to us. So here's where we may see the drummer boy entering the picture. You know, it wasn't unusual for boys to be shepherds. Okay, In the family setting, it was usually the youngest son, as soon as he was old enough, he would be the one that was watching over the sheep. Okay, and that's why David wasn't there with Jesse's sons when uh, Samuel went to anoint a king. He went there, he was out in the field watching the sheep. Well, the song goes on, I am a poor boy too. Well, shepherds not only had the lowest, smelliest job, it was not high paying. They couldn't have received enough to, to get by, and it was maybe a little bit better than being a beggar. So the next line emphasizes the drummer boy's situation. It says, I have no gift to bring that's fit to give our king. Well, actually, neither do I, or you, or anyone. None of us have a gift to bring that's fit to give our king. So there's two things we can get from that. One, if we had Solomon's wealth, now if you read about Solomon, I mean, he had tons and tons of gold and other precious metals and whatever, you know, hundreds and hundreds of horses and sheep and you name it. I mean, he was the richest man on earth at that time and maybe in today's uh, time, he still would be. So if we had all of that wealth, that wouldn't be enough. Okay, would not be enough. All we have already belongs to the Lord, so there's nothing that we could give that would be a gift. Okay, if I have something that is yours and I give it to you, that's not a gift. Okay, that's yours. All right, so then Mary, she gives her okay. All right, she says to this drummer boy, you know, hit it. And so it's followed by these words. I played my drum for him. I played my best for him. Aha, that is what this song is about. Not about the drumming, not about being poor, all about giving our best. That's what I expected from our children when they were growing up. You know, whether it was their schoolwork or a sport they were in or, you know, being in, in choir or in a play, whatever it might be, to, to give their best. Not needing to be the best, but giving their best. And that's what the drummer boy wanted to do. He wanted to give his best. So that's what God expects from us in every way, in every part of our lives. Now, Paul highlights this in Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8. It says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, 
then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. We need to give God all of our best all the time, in no matter what it is. And when you do, you see, you will see what the drummer boy did in the song. He says, then he smiled at me. Okay, there is no greater feeling than knowing God is pleased with us in whatever it is that we're doing, whatever it is we're trying to accomplish. And he sees us doing our best. And we know that that pleases him. <coughs> Excuse me. I want to close with words from another song. Uh, I didn't see who it was written by, but it was most um, famously, I guess, uh, sung by the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir. And some of the words go like this. What can I give him, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I would bring a lamb. If I were a wise man, I'd sure do my part. So what can I give him? I'll give him my heart. Okay, that's, that's what us poor drummers need to give Jesus. We need to give him our best. We need to give him our heart. Okay, well, I think I lied to you because I got one more thing. All right, in giving our hearts, really it's like a gift exchange. Okay, not a secret Santa thing because there's no secrets there. You know, we all know God, God knows us. But God gave first. Okay, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. He didn't give us a king, somebody that was already, you know, on the earth. He didn't say, well, Herod, I'm going to use you. Or one of the Pharisees, he said, you know, I'm going to let you be the one that's going to be the Messiah. No, he didn't send an angel down. Okay? He didn't send down one of the prophets that he raised from death and send that prophet down or Moses or anybody else. He sent his son. He sent the very, very best that he had. And he sent it for us. And so we need to accept that gift. Give him our hearts and accept the gift. Let's pray. Father, I just give you thanks, knowing that you want the best from us, and that, Lord, you want the best from us consistently. And sometimes it's not easy, but, Lord, we know that you're going to help us in being able to do that. So, Father, help us to remember always that no matter what we're doing, we need to do the best for you. And so, Father, I give you thanks for that. But Lord, there may be someone that's listening that that doesn't have a relationship with you, that they've never given you anything. And Lord, let them know that today's the day that they need to give their heart. They need to accept the gift, the gift that we celebrate at Christmas. Because Jesus came as that baby in the manger, in a, a stall, whatever it was you decided to use. And so... 
we need to realize that he lived his life as an example for us. Okay, he showed us how to live, how to live without sin. And so, Lord, I, I pray that um, people will understand that. But then he died on the cross. Now, you know, we, we say that a lot, but Lord, let people understand what that means. Okay, that he went to the cross for our sins. That when he was on that cross and it got dark for three hours, that was a time that he was taking our sins into his body. And it was at that point that God couldn't look at him because God can't look at sin. He had to turn away. So understand what it means to have that relationship with the Lord. And if that's what you need and that's what you want, pray like this. Dear Heavenly Father, I know I'm a sinner. I know I need a Savior. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for my sin. Thank you for raising him from the dead, letting me know that I too will be raised from the dead, and I'll spend eternity with you. So, Father, forgive me of my sins and help me to love, love in the way you do. In Jesus' name, amen.